Shalom Abrachur of the Maseches Babakama Daf Tes. Today's Daf discusses a few more cases uh, where Abai and Rav are discussing uh, someone reselling property, A, B to C, where the Baal collects from, when A is allowed to step in to prevent the Baal from going to B, when B is allowed to retract, when rumors start coming out that maybe the property doesn't belong to A to Reuven. And then uh, we shift into a new discussion where Asi tells us that Kesef is like Karka. When is he referring to that by uh, about Choyv collecting from Yorshim? And then we have, a, we have a, right before the Mishnah, we discuss paying a third of your money for mitzvahs. What does that mean? It's a third of the mitzvahs. And then we have a new Mishnah going through the Kalalim of when one is Chayiv, what's considered a Chiyav Shemira, and why is Eish different? When said to the Chirisha de Vikotan, the Gemara begins with the Ba'ayi saying, If Reuven were to sell a field to Shimon, and here it was a little different than our previous cases, he gave his Shimon a guarantee. It was a Chirayas. Anything happens, I'll pay for it. Now it's Baal Chayv, who Reuven owes money to, goes chasing after Shimon for the money, for the land. To the Allah is that Reuven is able to get involved and pull the Baal Chayv into Din, and the Baal Chayv can't say, hey, hold on, this is between me and Shimon. Because Reuven can say, no, 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 it is between you and me. Because as soon as you collect it from Shimon, Shimon's going to come to me to pay you him back. Some say, even if this sale was originally not performed with Acharias, Reuven can still interfere, saying, it, I'm still involved in this case because Shimon's going to have tainus that I sold him a field that you just snatched away from him. And it's true, I don't have Acharias, I'm not responsible, but... He's gonna. He's. I, I. I still owe him emotionally. He's gonna have tainus on me. Now, now, by tells us another case. Reuven who sells a veil to Shimon without any achrayis, without any guarantee that that people aren't gonna come and take it away from him. And then rumors start coming out that maybe it doesn't really belong to Reuven. So as long as Shimon did not do a chazaka on this field. He's able to back out of the deal, but once he made a chazaka, he walked around the borders, he changed the locks, whatever a chazaka is, he's no longer able to back out on the deal. Why? Because Riven can say, look, you looked into it, you signed the deal before you found out all the details, you bought a bag of air. Why it's considered a chazaka, the Gemara says, he has to walk around the borders. But this is dafkas, according to this first understanding of the case, when Reuven didn't sell it with Achrayas. If he sold it with Achrayas, then Shimon could back it at any point. Although, the Gemara brings another day that says that even if Reuven sold it to Shimon with Achrayas, he said, if anything goes wrong, you can give it back, I'll, pay you, I'll give you back your money. Reuven still can push this deal through and say, look, if you bring me a star that says that I'm a then I'll pay you for it. But you can't back down on the deal just because of the rumors. Now, swinging all the way back to a stira we had a few daf ago, the, we had two psukim, one says Meita, one says Yoshif, Mashma, that the Mazik pays from the best, but also that he pays from the Subin, from the brand, from Yoshif. So if Una comes in with a fifth answer to explain that stira, he says, the Pusik is telling us, Meitav or Yoshif, you could either pay Kesef or Meitav of your land. Rav Nachman asks Rav Huna, we already have a drusher for Yoshif. Yoshif includes Shove Kesef. Shove Kesef means even the lowest quality property. Subin, the Gemara says, oh no, we're talking about where he didn't have any Kesef or Sadais. Well, isn't that obvious? What's the Chiddush of the drusher then? 
If he doesn't have Ketzav, yeah, I'll pay with Shrava Ketzav. I'll pay with even a Subin. Gemara explains that the Chiddush is, I might think to be Mechaev the Mazak and say, look, you go out and make some money. I'm not going to take your properties, uh, your Shavak Kesef, and I'm going to have to go and sell it. Maybe the Mazak would be a Chrai to make actual cash. Kamash Malah, no, he can pay off with Shavak Kesef. Next, Asi makes a statement. He says that Kesef is just like Karka. Now, practically, what's he talking about? First option we suggest, maybe he's talking about paying Meitav. You have to give the best. That he can pay Kesef, even though he has the highest quality. It is. But that Rav Huna already told us. So, Elamai, we move on to our second explanation of, Rav- of Ravasi. That he's saying Kesef is like Karka when two brothers divide up their father's Yerusha. One of them takes all the land, the other one takes all the Kesef. And then the Baal comes and collects the land that his father had owed. In that case, Ravasi is telling us that the brother who just lost all his land from the Arusha can take half of the Kesef. The Gemara says two Kashas that are exactly the opposite. Peninsula points out it's a little, little Peladig. He says, of course he could take it. They're both brothers. Well, he shouldn't get a Chilik in the Arusha. That's number one. On the flip side, how could he take any of the Kesef? The brother who took the Kesef instead of the land says, I Dafka took the Kesef. That I wouldn't have to pay when there's a theft. You Dafka took the land. You wouldn't have to pay if a Balchayv came to take it away. Why are you coming and taking my Kesef? However you look at it, we have a third explanation for Avasi. That the case is where two brothers divided up their father's property evenly. Some got land. Uh, each one got some land and some money. And now the Baal takes the chaylik of the property from one of the brothers. This can't be Ravasi's chiddush. He already told us this. He already said that if brothers divide up the property and then a Baal comes and takes one of the brothers' chaylik, Rav holds that we throw everything back in the pattern we divided. Shmuel says that the, whoever the Baal picks to, to retrieve his owed land from that brother just loses out and Rav Asi says that the brother who just lost all his Yerusha he can either take a quarter of Karka or of cash from the Yerusha not half a quarter this is Rav Asi saying that the brothers can pay up his brothers lost Yerusha with money instead of Karka he has a choice the Gemara clarifies the Sheetahs over there Rav holds that they have to redivide it because he holds that the brothers have a din of Yershim, while Shmuel holds that the brothers have a din of buyers. Buyers without any achrai, so if it's lost, it's lost. Law of Asi holds that he gets to take a quarter of either land or money because he's not sure whether they're Yershim or Lekuchas. Either way, what's Rav Asi's Chedish? When he says Kesev is Karga, this is an old halacha. Elamai, he's, we're going to go back to our first Havamina. That he's telling us that the guy can pay with Kesef instead of Azidis. Aye, that's the same halacha as Rav Huna. Eina Chanami, Rav Yossi also said Rav Huna's halacha. Next, Rav Zeyro Rav Huna tells us that when it comes to mitzvahs, we pay up to a third. What does he mean by that? The Gemara clarifies can't mean that he pays up to a third of his property because once he gets three mitzvahs, he's out of cash, right? 
So rather, Rav Zayir says, when it comes to Hidr Mitzvah, there you have to pay up to a third of the mitzvah's value. Buying a Sefer Torah, Rashi gives an example. One of them is nicer than the others. You can add a third of, a, of the Sefer Torah's worth to buy the nicer one. Rav Ashi asks, when we say a third, is that a third milagav or milabar? Meaning, is it 33% or is it 50%? And that, the Gemara actually leaves with the teku. This could be a heter to spend more. Chaim Kanevsky said, when Nikva said the Meshicha, he says, we have a heter to spend more, to give more than a, uh, this is the Toma Mitzvah, but he, he gave a heter to give more than a 20, uh, uh, 20% for tzedakah. Cash in before Mashiach comes. And Eretz Yisrael, they said in the name of Mervizera that the first third that a person spends on a mitzvah, that's his. Meaning, if he spends an extra third on a hinder mitzvah, that is his thing, but it's, he's not going to get the schar in this world, he'll get in the next world. But anything that, he's, that, that, that he spends beyond that hinder mitzvah, beyond the obligated third, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to pay him back in his lifetime. In the next Mishnah, brand new Mishnah, we learn that anything that a person is chayiv to watch, the nezek that that thing is going to do, that's on him. If he's responsible for half of it, the damage, what this thing damaged, he has to pay entirely. As if the entire thing was his responsibility. Yechayiv to pay for things that are not hectish, they have no me'ila for things that are owned by Jews and for things that are not hefker. Chayv any place except for the mazik's property. And the Gemara is going to explain what it means when it says in the Rishos of the Nizik and the mazik. And finally, the Mishnah says, when the damage is done, the mazik pays tashlume nezek from the meitava oretz, as we've been discussing the last couple of daf. In the Gemara, we learn, what does the Mishnah mean when it says that anything you're responsible to watch, you're, you are responsible for its damages? So the Gemara brings a case of a shar and a bar that someone gives to a cherishoyt of vikotan, someone who doesn't have the dance to be responsible for it. When it damages, that person who handed it over to the cherishoyt of vikotan is chayiv to pay as opposed to by ish. Ish is different. The Gemara says, okay, what is this case that bar and shar are going to be different than ish? When handed over to a Khershad of Katan. If you're talking about where the axe was tied up and the bar was covered up, then it should be the same thing by H. If he gives him a coal that's unlit, that's not ready to create a fire damage, then why would it be any different? If we're talking about a case where the axe was untied and the bar was uncovered, so it should be the same as a smoldering, a lit of a, a flame that he gives to the Khashuk. So over there by H it's gonna be Potter. Rishlaka says in the name of Chizkiah that the whole header by Aish was only where he gave him a coal and then the chashuk lit it up. But if he handed over an actual flame, he's going to be chayev. Because the hezek is already here. So what's this case where Shor and Bar are going to be different than Aish when it's handed over to Chayushat of So the Gemara answers, we're talking about where the axe was tied up and the bar was covered. And by the Aish also, it wasn't a flame yet, it was just a coal. So what's the difference? Why is that look different? Why is he not responsible by the age? Because an ox normally breaks free from his chains. And a bar, its cover, it's normal for it to be uncovered. But a, fla- but a coal, 
You just leave a coal, it's going to go out. Yeah, she needs input to become a flame, to damage. says that even if you give over the flame itself, you'll still be putter. By an untied ox and an an uncovered bar, why would that law be be any different? They're both ready to damage. The Gemara answers, even according to Rabbi Yechonon, they're going to be different because by the coal, the input of the Cheirish is what caused the damage, as opposed to by the Shor and the bar, you gave it to him, and the Cheirish did not put any input to have this loose ox or uncovered bar damage. That's why you're going to be Chayiv. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.